So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, haha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Life After Lockup, Season 3, Episode 14. This week, Christiana meets John's kids and gets the lowdown from her mom, Tammy. Michael leaves, and Sarah can't get a hold of him and his devil dick. Chevelle gives Quaylen 30 days to get married, and they both tell their mothers. John writes off Lacey, and Puppy isn't looking so good as she asks Amber to marry her in Vegas. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going? Pretty good. It's March. It's almost the anniversary of everything shutting down. I know. It's been almost a year. I think it was, yeah, another another two weeks. I think the 14th was my first day that I was shut down. I remember Friday the 13th for me. Okay. That was, that yeah. was the 14th. What, okay. But what I know is that in on for this anniversary almost of one year, I got to do almost everybody in the show this week. Yes. It was so funny. Yeah. You got completely hosed this week. I know, I really did. Hopefully, hopefully I get you back later. So I'm going to start with two of my groups, and I'm going to start with Chevelle and Quaylen. Oh, All right, God. so Chevelle and Quaylen are together, admiring her ring as Chevelle starts to do some mental wedding planning. She says that she wants to get married in 30 days, which is a much faster time frame time frame than Quaylen had in mind. But yeah. he's pretty confident that if she wants it to happen, she can make that happen. So that means they have to get some balls rolling, which means telling their moms. First up is Quaylen's mom, Quilandria. He video calls her from Branson and springs it on her in hmm, the least tactful way I can imagine by <laughs> flipping the phone around and having Chevelle flash the ring at her. Quilandria wants to know if Quaylen got manipulated into asking. Chevelle and Quilandria start snipping at each other, even though they can't see each other on the phone. They just have these smart-ass comments going back and forth, and Quaylen is unable, unable to keep it on the rails. Eventually, as a response to one smart-ass comment, Quilandria says that Chevelle needs to stay in her lane. Although Quilandria's big smile on the camera perhaps gives away that this is maybe less than genuine exchange. But after they hang up on hang up, Quaylen and Chevelle bicker about Chevelle's attitude during the call, and at the end of the conversation, they they kind of decide what has to happen next. They have to tell Chevelle's mom. So soon it's time to tell her. Um, Quaylen is playing cards with Maila when Sylvia, Chevelle's mom, comes in. She's surprised to see Quaylen at the house and is like, uh, why are you here and where's Chevelle? So they go to the basement to talk. And to Chevelle's credit, she just kind of comes out straight away and tells her. Sylvia's confused because she thought Chevelle was like going to Branson so she could like have time to herself and move on. Chevelle tells her that they made up in Branson and they worked on the things and now they're going to get married in 30 days. Sylvia (laughs) says that this is crazy. And we see more of how Chevelle gets very defensive when she gets questioned. Sylvia says that Quaylen is way too flaky to be ready to get married. And in an interview, she says that Chevelle is rushing into this and that rushing into stuff never ends well, especially because she kind of did the same thing when she was younger too and Chevelle witnessed the whole thing. 
Uh, but then they back to the couple. They say that things are different now, even though they don't really have an answer to the question of when Sylvia's like, how? She refuses to give them her blessing, but that isn't going to stop Chevelle. She says she can get either get with the program or not, but that's not going to stop her from getting married. All right. So Chevelle's attitude this Ugh, week was so disgusting so childish right it was super childish that's yeah that's a better way to describe it just how she was so smug with Quaylandria, like you know like what well, i'm getting married and just even the looks that she was giving her and just everything she said she had the biggest attitude problem like i, I feel like i would have smacked her i would yeah i wanted to too like that's my son. Well, he's going to be my husband soon. So yeah. what? It's like, what? What is that? Like, why? I mean, even Quaylen was like, you're being extra. <laughs> yes. If Quaylen was like, you're being extra. <laughs> you're being extra, extra. <laughs> she was being extra, extra. Like, I yeah. don't understand. I just don't understand the way. I don't understand going through life like that. Like. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Like, you know, sometimes. You get groups of people that, you know, when something happens like that, right, they're just very apologetic and they're just like not trying to start drama. And then you get people like Chevelle, where it's like something that like, okay, I actually I really paid attention to what Quaylandria was saying. And uh-huh. she never said that she disapproved. She no. never said, you know, that she didn't like Chevelle. She never said anything. Her only concern was Maybe you just need to slow down, which I think is absolutely fair considering they're trying to get married in 30 days, right? Just just slow down. And like, to my defense, I I had exactly the same situation happen with one of my very good friends when we were first in college. He had a situation where I kind of had said to him, I was like, well, you know, maybe you guys should wait. And I, I was very careful never to say anything against his fiance, but it did concern me how fast they were going. And he got really upset with me. And I think I've mentioned this incident before on this podcast. He actually uninvited me from his wedding because I had voiced concerns that he, sh- he was moving too fast. Well, I mean, fast forward, they end up getting divorced like two, three years later. And then he comes back to me and says, I should have listened to you. Like, you know, it would have been easier if we had waited. Because right. then we would have had chance to work some of these things out. And I mean, I think concern for waiting isn't saying that she's she's not saying they should never get married. That's not right. what she's neither, saying. Neither of them said they should never get married. Right. Neither mom said that. And Quilandria specifically said something to the effect of, y'all are grown ass people. I can't tell you what to do. Yes. But here's my right. advice. Like, right. Like, yep. and like, so that those are the things it's just like, but I just feel like it just, it came across to me. Is that everything people were saying to her, Chevelle knows they're right. And so she's like going to be extra about like really putting her foot down to defend it because it actually is something that is a concern of hers. And she feels like may be the issue, but she's got to like, nope, nope. I have to overcome this by sheer force of will of just making, willing it to be the other way. And I I can't let anybody, I can't let anybody get in my ear. So I got to, I got to be combative about it. Right. She was just super disrespectful. You're right. She was incredibly childish. And because of her, like, her, just her reactions and how she handled it, there's definitely a better way to handle that. I, I'm saying team mamas. Team oh, mamas yeah. all the way definitely. on this one. I mean, I definitely, maybe not on the mom when she was like, I'm not going to give you my blessing because it's kind of like we weren't 
asking, asking for, for it. Sure. So we were just informing you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I definitely thought Quilandria handled it better than right. Chevelle's mom Sylvia. I mean, and did. she just was like, I mean, for Quilandria, Chevelle was just like, I beat you. I won. Yes. I won the game. I took it that way too. Like, look, I'm the one who got the ring. And it was just, yeah, it did seem like some kind of weird competition. And she was just like trash talking in yes. the end. Yeah. Okay. So Chevelle says, we worked on us and Branson. And I'm like, hold up. I don't think they did anything they of the sort in Branson. Any kind of work at all. He was like, all right, maybe I shouldn't have cheated on you. Like, can we Here's get on this Ferris wheel oh. now? Here's a ring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's no kind of work at all. I know. That's why I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you're such a liar. Like, you're really trying to sell this to everyone else. And you're going to make up these things that just simply didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Moving along. Let's go to let's go to our, our boy John here. I mean, it says Lacey and Shane, too. I guess they were yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so John is busy in the kitchen writing his dear Lacey letter. So that he can have his last say before cutting out of Lacey out of his life for good. He says that calling the cops on him was the final straw and what she and she's just a really topic toxic person. We just get a whole thing back and forth of him writing this letter. But then we then we join Shane doting over Lacey in the bedroom that has like a weird black light situation going on. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, Lacey tells us that Shane is worried, still worried about John just randomly showing up. But, you know, she says when he's sober, he's pretty harmless. Of course, the problem is he's not usually sober. But then we cut back to John again, who is having isn't having as easy of a time letting go of Lacey as he thought he would. He's call and he's calling his friend Lloyd on on his way to a bar, and then you know Lloyd agrees to meet him out there. So he comes outside and meets him with a little present. After like the rest of the episode, we had a super long cliffhanger about what this present was. <laughs> We find out that this present is some chocolate ice cream bars because it's a trick that Lloyd has taught him for recovery that when you want to drink, what you should do instead is have some ice cream. (laughs) And so at the end of the day, Lloyd is just looking out for him. And uh, as they eat their ice cream, they just kind of talk out what's going on. John tells him that about how she called the cops. And now he kind of feels like doesn't like Shane because Shane kind of came in and took his spot. But Lloyd is like, man, you kind of dodged a bullet here. Like, if yeah. that's a kind of person who's just going to replace you at the drop of a hat, it's better that that happened now than after, you know, you've been married for a while. So it seems like for now, at least, Lloyd has talked him off the wagon. So it's kind of funny. They keep talking. They keep saying Lloyd. They keep saying my friend Lloyd. It's a sponsor, right? I don't know. It's confusing because you don't just live with your sponsor. True. And I think they've also said it was his former cellmate. So I want to say that they were both in prison together at some point. Yeah. And that makes a little bit more sense because um, they have to have some kind of relationship because uh, he's released to Lloyd's um, residence. Custody or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. I think Lloyd does feel somewhat of a responsibility because he is living with him as well. Mm-hmm. I think Lloyd is a great friend. Like, oh, yeah. uh, even totally. when, uh, you know, Father John the other week uh, went to confront uh, Con John, you know, you saw Lloyd just like keeping watch in yeah. the <laughs> window Coming out of the there. curtain, just like, <laughs> in the background, like, should I come out and help? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel really bad for John. And I know, like, the whole theme of the segment was, you know, John fighting his um, urges of addiction. 
Sure. But he just didn't look good to me. I don't know. Was that just depression? Depression? Yeah. Because he I, looked, he did not look good in a sober way to me. I don't know. And I think, I think it's something they, I don't know. Because I, I mean, I don't deal with addiction very much, but I definitely mm-hmm. think it's there. There's a time where it's just like you do kind of reach that point, that bottom where you would usually turn back to drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And you would usually turn back to substances. And yeah, I don't know. I just, and I don't know if it's, because you he think just he'd look worse? Really if he got back low on the wagon. energy. Yeah. Like to me, it was kind of like, did you smoke some weed or something? He right. seemed like a combination of depressed and like extra low energy. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Well, that's funny because that made me think of what did you see? Random sidebar on like social media how Jim Belushi has a weed selling business now where he oh grows weed and he put it on Twitter. But that was what he said, is he said like he was like, if my brother John was a was a pothead, he'd be alive. Yeah. Like, but instead of instead of the other harder drugs. So like, I don't know if that's like a strategy or something, but I could I could see that. I could see that. Um because yeah, but or if it, but I could also see it just being depression. Like what is especially now with this what he did. Like it seems like so much of his life for the mm-hmm. past decade has been just chasing Lacey. Yeah. Well, okay, here's the other thing that something he said that confuses me in the whole grand scheme of things. He said that, you know, he was going to start a family with Lacey. It's like but Lacey had her tubes tied and I'm pretty sure she had her tubes tied when she was with John. And so it's mm. like, were children like the plan for your future? Or are you talking about just being a stepdad to her kids? Right. Because, that's true. you know, it it is weird that Lacey like chose to have her tubes tight because that seems like a pretty drastic measure. Right. And yes. then goes all to all this trouble of having in vitro so you could have kids anyway so to me that kind of seems like you either made a mistake the first time or you really didn't want to have kids and you're letting this partner kind of tell you like this is what i want in the relationship okay i didn't really want it but i'm gonna go along with it or i mean or kind of like the other ways but it is i'm thinking like you know if she when she had her tubes tied was with john then it was really like her saying out, especially if she was imagining at the time that she was going to stay with John. Yeah. Being like specifically, oh, no, she thought, you know, almost kind of changing your mind later when somebody else comes along. She's like, oh, I thought I didn't want any more kids. But what I really didn't want was any more kids with that guy. Yeah. Like, you know? And then that should be assigned to John, too. That then. should be assigned to John, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. The, the, I mean, just the fact that, like, yes, if you were considering or wanting to have kids and the person in them was like, nope, I'm doing this instead then like that's that's definitely saying something about you and your relationship already and that was years ago yeah definitely uh, i feel like it shouldn't be that difficult for him to find a replacement for lacy i don't i mean he just yeah i mean it seems like when he's sober you know i mean he's got he's got a lot going on for himself right yeah he's, he's and got especially a job. if he's if looking he's... for like lacy's type yeah. You know, so it's like if you're looking for someone like Lacey, I feel like that's got to be easy-ish. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine obviously people like Lacey are, tend to be attracted to people like John. Yes, right? exactly. Yes. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going for here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely a type and uh, yeah, definitely a type he should be okay with. But you Right, know, right. 
Uh, speaking of Johns, our other John, <laughs> we have Christiana and John. They're driving around vaping and coughing. They're on their way home, and John asks if Christiana is nervous about meeting the kids because she worries if they're going to like her. Christy gets to meet the three out of his eight children who are living with him. The three children are living with him. Essa's 15, Boy, a.k.a. Abram, 16, and Sarah, 18. Sarah tells us that she has no idea, She had no idea that her dad got married, and they have only been together in the real world for about four hours, so she has no idea what her dad is thinking. Christy has a tearful reunion with her mom as they embrace, and John looks awkwardly at the floor. Christy is missing her sister because she says Tara is her best friend. They all sit down to a family dinner, and Christiana makes yummy sounds as the kids give each other the what-the-look at each other. <laughs> Christiana feels overwhelmed by the family dinner, and she recounts how she lost a 21-month-old son 19 years ago. She tells the family she really wants sobriety, but right now she's just feeling exhausted and overwhelmed, so she excuses herself to go to bed. Sarah, the daughter, says that she gives the relationship at most a year. John and Christiana wake up the next morning, and Christiana tells us about all the sex they had last night. Ugh. Yeah, so John leaves for work and Christiana invites her mom for a walk and to go to lunch. Christiana is happy that she gets to be home and not a halfway house, but she's sad that Tara had to leave. Christiana and her mom sit down to lunch and her mom, Tammy, jumps into her concerns about John. She thinks that something doesn't seem right with all the things John has been buying recently, and she wonders where he's getting the money. Christy says that John's working overtime, but Tammy says that it doesn't make sense and she thinks that he's running some kind of scam tammy also tells us that christy had bought anything and everything for tara and spills the beans about all the flirting she says that they were up late at night talking and she could hear them through the vents christiana asks if they had sex and tammy says well she can't say for certain tammy thinks that john is sneaky and she wants to get to the bottom of everything before christiana gets hurt Tammy says she didn't warn Christiana because she wanted her to see it, everything for herself. Christiana is worried that maybe there is something going on with John and Tara because Tara has been known to go after her men because it ends up that Christiana slept with Tara's baby daddy. So she thinks that this could be some sort of revenge. All right. I know. Sarah, <laughs> the daughter. Sarah she, the daughter. Yeah, she does not have high hopes for this relationship. She wants to get out of that house oh, so yeah. fucking fast. That's true. She is oh, like, well, I need to get out of here now. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's the oldest of yes. all of his eight children. So she is the one that has well, seen her dad. Well, she's the of all the children or yes, oldest of, all of the, the children. children that live there? No, I think of all the children. Okay. Actually, maybe that's true because I feel like we saw a son that was in his 20s. Maybe. Oh yeah, like like helping out with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He very clearly did brother, half brother maybe. I don't know. It's maybe. I, know. I think we've met four of four or five of the kids of the eight now at this point. Yeah. But she's old enough to have seen her dad in multiple relationships. Do you think yeah. she's right about the timeline of this I mean, relationship's I, demise? I think she has a better view of it than anybody else. So I yeah. have no reason not to believe her. Um like she pretty clearly thinks very little of her dad. Yeah, I actually thought all of the kids were super polite. Oh, absolutely. Totally. And yeah. just really nice 
Um, especially considering what you can tell they don't think so great of this situation. Just the looks they were giving each other, like yeah. at the dinner table. Yeah. Um, but then again, Christiana's yummy noises were weird. Like she's going, mm, mm. the kids are like, what the hell is happening? Oh, making these noises. Okay, so this is great. have those three kids been living here for this whole thing? And we I, just now see them? No, I think they have been, which is probably like why that Sarah's like, so what the hell is this? Up. Like, you've Your barely known this woman and you've moved in the family. Yeah, it's very much. And he was like, uh, she said, I didn't know she existed. And then he told me we're married and she's moving in. Like, yeah, what? And that her and her sister has been living there for however long. Oh, my God. I can't even. Could you? Oh my God! Could you imagine? That like, would be so bizarre. If your ex, if your baby daddy ex was like, "Oh, all right, my kids are living with me. Are going to live with me because I have the room. Great. I'm going to move in my wife's junkie sister too." Like what? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine this. Oh my goodness. Plus, it sounded like because John had said, "Oh, Tara's been helping out with the kids." So the kids have some random person as their mother figure. Yeah. And I I just find that whole situation super weird because even John was kind of, I feel like John felt like he was playing house, you know, with Tara as being like his partner. Right. And that's got to be super weird for the kids, too. Like, here's this person who's acting like a mom and a partner to my dad, but it's not. My his dad's wife. partner. Yeah. Right. Which he has. It's his sister. And she's not and here yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be so let's, weird. It's fair. If the, if the, that house is not that big. So no. all the weird little like flirting things yes, where they're playing exactly grab ass. They of. see all that too. Which is maybe where Sarah's coming from with like, I don't think it's going to last more than a year because yeah, she's like, dad's already because... flirting with someone else. <laughs> yeah. I could totally see it. Oh, and, and not only yet, yeah, I've already I know what I know what dad's been doing while she's gone, so I don't see her sticking around for very much longer. Yeah. So um we finally got to see Christiana kind of like a full length, and yeah, she's put on a little bit of weight. I thought it's funny because it was I, noticeable. I, definitely noticeable. I, mm-hmm. I I I feel like it got better at the end, like when she was talking to her mom and stuff. But I thought and again, because it's just when she got out of prison. I thought the beginning scene when they were both in the car vaping, I thought she looked really rough there. Yeah, probably because she was like vaping. Like, did you no. – both of them were like hacking up a lung and that even caused John to say something kind of funny like, one of these days I'll stop smoking. <laughs> it's oh like if you're coughing like that, yeah, one of these days should be it's today. Just, and I don't know. I don't know much about vaping, but – I don't know why he has that gigantic like vape. Like, don't aren't like the jewels like little small things that people can vape? What is this yes. huge? Like so, what I know, what my limited knowledge is that that is definitely an old school vape pen, or yes. you can't even call it a pen, right? Nowadays, they right? Call them yeah, no. Pens. Like I know of a student. I know of a students who sneak them into my high school. Oh like, yeah, I know they're tiny, like smaller than a stick of gum. Yeah. Yeah, um, but those ones, um, each of the different models have different pods that are, like, compatible with them. Mm-hmm. And certain pods have certain flavors and things like sure, that. Sure, sure. So well, I think if stopped, you're yeah. kind of stuck on – you know, it's kind of like a brand of cigarette. If you're stuck on, right. like, your brand, your flavor, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can get the little ones and, like, a better one. But then it's like you won't necessarily get 
access to the flavors you want. Right. Well, because I also think they, they a lot of places are making them discontinue some yes. of the Yes. And so fl- I'm sure people are hoarding and yeah. 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 So, all right. All right. Moving on from them. Let's go to, let's go to Amber and Puppy. So Amber and Monica are impatiently waiting for Puppy to show up at the hotel room so that she can say goodbye to Monica, who's going home now. They try calling her, but can't get a hold of her. And when, when you know, when all this is going on, Amber gets a call from somebody else that she has to take in the hallway. Turns out it's Sammy, her boyfriend that's in jail, saying that he'll be getting out in a couple of days. Amber says she's in shock and kind of lectures, her, lectures him about how he's not going to be cutting him any slack this time. But now she has to figure out how to deal with a lot of things, notably ha- navigating how to have what kind of relationship with Sammy while Puppy is also kind of there and she wants to somehow keep both of them in her life. And also Puppy doesn't know about Sammy still yet at all, which is a shame because Puppy looks like she's in bad shape. Yeah. We see her waiting outside when they go to leave and Monica immediately upon seeing her is worried about her. She asks if Puppy has been drinking already or if she's been doing anything else. Amber and Monica both seem concerned about Puppy's rapid weight loss. Amber think, hopes and thinks that it's, you know, mostly stress and not drugs. But then she says, but then Puppy says some very consider, cons- disturbing things, concerning mm-hmm. things about how she's doing something different, how she's a little bit darker than most, and, you know, how she says in an interview that she's not as far along as, as the other two. And that she's enjoying her free time maybe a little bit too much, but she's not hurting anyone. They ask why she was late today and she doesn't really have an answer. Then she asks Amber for a ride to work, but then things get weird and kind of go south. Amber's like, well, if I give you a ride to work, I'll be late for work and I can't be late for work. So then there's this whole passive-aggressive struggle about um, getting Puppy to get in the car, whether she's going to give her a ride or not. I couldn't even follow the logic. But anyway, eventually Puppy gets in the car. And Amber starts to take out some of her frustrations. So Puppy feels disrespected by all this anger from Amber, since it seems to her that all Amber ever does is bitch at her. Puppy even suggests, like, at some point, that's like, let's go to Vegas and get married, which Amber's like, no, absolutely not. Shoots down hard and fast. Puppy wonders in her interview if Amber bitching at her all the time is what's driving her to drink. Amber doesn't want to tell Puppy about Sammy yet because Puppy is so fragile. And then we end, like, with a weird thing. They fight in the car, and, and and Puppy gets out, so they show us a big shot of her ass where her underwear is coming out the top of yeah. her pants that seemed unnecessary. Uh, so, you know, stay classy, show. Um, so, I mean, geez, like I said, Puppy's in bad shape. And do you yeah. – I mean, I wouldn't say – it's never anybody's fault but her own. But, I, I mean, how much do you think Amber is contributing to this? I mean, I think Amber is trying to protect Puppy in a lot of ways, but by doing that, she's I just this she's not reaching her at all. I right. think if anything she's pushing her away. Like Amber is trying to be a mother to Puppy essentially. She's trying to keep her on the straight and narrow. She's trying to emphasize, "Hey, listen, like my job means a lot to me. Maybe if you kind of put more pride into your work, it would be easier for you. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like you're taking any of this seriously. Take things seriously. And Amber's getting frustrated with Puppy. And it's, I mean, it's just like dealing with kind of a teenage kid, right? Sure. That's like being rebellious. It's like all the things that you say 
to try get through to them is actually making it worse. It's doing the opposite. It's pushing yes. them away. It's wanting that they're wanting to rebel more. And it's like, I think if there was an easy fix to this, we would have less parenting um, issues, right. you know, yeah. but it's like, how do you, how do you deal with someone who is just kind of going through this self-destructive rebellious phase? I mean, it, it, yeah, it definitely seems that she's definitely, she puppy is in that. Yeah. That, that, that phase that a teenager gets into where they're like, at some point they realize you're right, but they yeah. won't do it because that means it, you would know that they knew you were right. <laughs> And that, we can't have that stand. No, 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 I can't do, like at some point it's like, oh man, this is the right decision, but it's what they told me to do. So I can't do that. I have to think of something else, some other solution to this. Right. But I mean, I don't think it's helped at all by puppy not knowing where she fits in this like life at all. Yeah. and, and, And basically being lied to. Like she's, she says, let's go get married. Yeah, and like which shows Amber, that they are not on the same page at all. At all. Yeah, at all. Like, and so it's like, and it's one of those things that's like, I know you're trying to protect her by not telling her about mm-hmm. Sammy and things, but like the longer that goes on and the bigger of a bomb it is when it does drop, like mm-hmm. the worse it's going to be for her. Yeah, because she's going to feel extra betrayed and then she's going to feel justified in feeling anxious and insecure this entire time. Yeah. This whole time you've been hiding this from me. I'm, I'm, I'm literally thinking we might get married and we're we're moving on. I'm like, we're we're going and, and you're like, but the whole time you had another boyfriend. Like that's, and and to Anna Hamber's mind, she's not cheating, but in Puppy's mind, yes, she is. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of confused by her relationship with Sammy too because she talks about it with some people like it's nothing. And then she kind of like, I don't know, it just seems like they're in a relationship. But then even when she was talking to him, she kind of made it sound like, oh, well, this is like a trial thing, you know. But then like the last time she talked to him, she was like telling him that she loves him. So it's just like I'm really confused what like the real thing is with them. That's true. I mean, that that just might be like her thing. That's like her M.O. is not really knowing what she wants. And so at different times, she's in different places but she because that, that's exactly what she did with puppy and now mm-hmm. she you're right she's kind of doing the same thing with sammy like is this a hey i'm gonna keep you on a short leash maybe we can see each other you know something that might develop into something more serious if you can show me you're taking care of your crap or is it like oh no you're coming out and you're moving in and we're gonna be like basically engaged let's go like yeah it, it, it's he doesn't seem to know which one it is either like he was even like so are you gonna like pick me pick up, me up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even clear if that's happening. She's like, let me figure out my stuff first. And it's like, but what does that mean? Figure <laughs> like, out my stuff. I need to know if there's going to be a car waiting for me when I go out because I got to call somebody else if there's not. Right. I yeah. would think so, too. Um, let me just talk about their fashion for a second. All right. Okay. So what on earth is Puppy wearing to go to work in? That interesting because it was – okay, so she's got that weird – painter's like bright colored hat right yeah that's fine whatever which is fine whatever it was mostly the pants right it was like, well her shoes too she was wearing like those boot shoes. heels which i think she cleans houses right that's what so, we said that's what yeah last time. so yeah. fine you do you and wear what you want in terms of like your little short shorts and like oh yeah whatever, you don't have to but... be you don't have to be presentable when you're right. in an empty house cleaning it totally not but like yeah it's got to be something you can work in. Heels. 
Yeah, it's got to be something you can work in. That to me made no sense. The heels, well, me and I wouldn't want, I mean, when you're cleaning a house, you're bending over a lot. Yes, right? that and you're like, for the short shorts I, is yes. a very odd choice for it, me, I would think, yeah, as I have well. No, I have, you know, not not saying it's unprofessional or un, un, oh, no, know, inappropriate. Just, I'm just saying like, wow, that seems really uncomfortable to have to yeah, work in all day. Have stuff riding up <laughs> places. Because yes. all three of them were all wearing like short shorts. And I have to yes. say, damn, Monica, you I look know, right? good in short shorts for your age. I can yeah. only hope to age as well as she has. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like, usually you see the old, yeah, you're too old for those short shorts. And it's like, no, oh, if you look no. like that, go ahead. Yeah. Monica looks so young anyway. Like she everything does. about her, I'm just like, what's your secret? Yeah. Oh, like, hopefully the secret is not going to prison. Not prison and drugs? Like, yeah, because I'll, I'll pass well, on that. Do, if it is, then that's even like, I don't know any, I don't know too many people who it's like, well, all the drugs that I did made me look young. Yeah, <laughs> usually the it's the way. opposite. Maybe it's selling drugs, like uh, drinking young people's blood, you know? <laughs> yes. Because I don't know, did she really even do force. drugs or she was just the mastermind she might be behind selling? She might have been selling. just selling them. She might yeah. have been selling them. So just having plenty of money, <laughs> not doing drugs. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last up are Sarah and Michael. Oh. Yeah, I know. Oh, we're going to be lots of gagging noises with this one. Yep. Okay. After a few weeks with Michael living in the house, uh, things seem to be going pretty well. Sarah says that everything is positive with the kids and in between them. At this point, though, Sarah walks in on Michael packing up. He hasn't mentioned leaving or doing anything, and he says he, he just needs to go check in with his mom. Sarah tries to not start a big fight about it or anything, but basically tells him, like, it's fine to go see your family, but you got to give me a heads up before you dip out. And you got to let Aviana know that too. Okay, so he tells Aviana the news and it goes, well, just fine at first. That is, until it, tends to get, until it is time to get in the car, when she starts just pouting about it. Sarah is understandably worried that Michael won't be back all that quickly, because most of the time when he dips out suddenly, it's not to go see his family, but it's to go see another woman. Hmm. So while Michael is out of town, he goes radio silent for a few days, as is typical. Soon, Emmy comes by with the fixins for margaritas, and they start and starts asking Sarah what's going on. She asks if her and Michael are sleeping together, and yeah, she she is, but you know, not behind a string of rationalizations about why that's okay. Emmy says this is a terrible decision, and it's going to be very confusing both for her and for the girls. Emmy asks if she still loves him, and she says something like, "Oh, there'll always be a place in my heart for him." Then she asks if they ever get back together, and she says, no, of course not. This is just about being horny sometimes. God. Then, of course, she tells Emmy that Michael randomly went to Flint and hasn't called in a few days. So Emmy is 99% positive that he went, that he's back to hang in, kick it with, she thinks Maria, but probably another woman. <laughs> Emmy wonders how this whole rooming with your baby daddy thing is going to work. Is he allowed to bring someone to the back to the house? Is she? When Sarah says that she can bring someone home if she wants to, Emmy says that, oh, okay, so this is basically an open marriage. So maybe this has something to do with why things didn't work out with Malcolm, which, of course. <laughs> Emmy, um, Emmy, being on Team Malcolm, thinks that maybe he could still be a thing. And so Sarah should call him right now. Since she's had a couple margaritas already, she does. And surprisingly, he actually answers... And then she asks to meet up because she feels like she owes it to him. He says, okay, fine, because you actually have some explaining to do. 
Then we get to the commercial segment. Oh, God. Where Evie asks for the dirty details. <laughs> Who's better in bed, Michael or Malcolm? Sarah, without hesitation, says that it's Michael. I mean, he might be a hoe, but all that experience, experience gives him an easy edge. Then they bring up the whole devil dick thing again. Ah! They look it up in, on Urban Dictionary, and it kind of says something to the effect that his he has a magical enchanted penis that makes people do things for it. And Emmy says, you know what, though? That might actually explain quite a bit, like, like how he's pulling all these women, even though he's a total loser. Okay. So... Going back to the beginning, I'm sure we'll get to Devil Dick in, in good time. Uh, like, I mean, let's put this: Is Michael seeing family, or is Michael seeing on a checking on a girl? Uh, both. Both. Knock it two birds with one stone, huh? Yeah. Like I, th- I think just so he can say, yes. you know, I saw my family, and he wouldn't yes. be lying. Right. Right. I definitely think the, oh, I need to leave right today out of nowhere. That's yeah. not because of his family. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And especially if he really, you know, uh, could have told them before. Because if it really was his family, he could have let them know way in advance. Yes, yes. I mean, even when it doesn't isn't way in advance, I just, I don't, I don't roll like that. And it doesn't, it, it, it's very hard for me to picture somebody that does. Like, even if I was... I, first of all, he's he's spreading a really wide net looking for women, which I also think has a lot <laughs> yeah. to do with why he can pull these women. It's like, well, yeah, when you're looking over the entire country for these women, you're going to be a little more likely. Like if you're just willing to – for her to be like, hey, let, let's hook up. He'd be like, fine, I'm driving eight hours. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. In the car. Let's God. go. Like you're going to be – have a little more luck than if it's just, you know, your town or something. But like, yeah, it just seems to me he just it, it's it's just like as soon as like sex is on the table with a new woman, he's like, yep, I'll I'll drive as far as I can for that immediately. Yeah. Let's go now. Well, I mean, like, why not? OK, so then I'm like thinking about his life. Right. And I'm like confused how he is able to have such a arguably good life. Like he doesn't work at all. Yeah. He pretty much gets to just stay at Sarah's house whenever he wants to. And then she's just paying the bills and he's just going around doing whatever, like mooching off of all these clueless women. Yeah, it is interesting how he does that. Wouldn't it drive everybody crazy? And I don't understand. I guess is he lying to how much is he lying to this other woman? I mean, could you imagine like, let's just do the scenario. Let's say you think Michael's attractive. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thank you for that premise because, yes, we do have to pretend. We have to pretend. Um, okay, imagine looks like imagine Michael looks like someone that you would swipe right on. Okay, okay, sure. Okay, so now we're changing Michael's face. But so you you do it. You can start getting into a conversation, and he's like, currently, I'm living. I think probably Flint to Rochester is probably at least an eight hour drive, right? I guess eight so. ten hour drive. I live eight hours away. With my baby mama, I don't have a job. You want me to come up? Like, <laughs> let's let's go. Wink, wink. How what are, how are you doing? I mean, are you are you are you messaging this guy anymore? Are you staying in touch with him? Like, no. I mean, especially like, where are you planning on staying? Yeah. Oh, let me let me just 
let me just dip up out of here and I'll come stay at your house. For yeah, a few days. and I'd be like, like, no, it's too much. I mean, at least me personally, I like my space. <laughs> that seems like a lot for anybody. Like, because you have assumed that they've never met in person, right? right like, right. that they haven't seen. I'm just going to, anybody I've never met in person, I'm not giving them my address to come stay at my house. That's insanity. Yeah, that's crazy. Whatever and happened to that other uh, cute girl that. The oh, one. the one who was it, but she was she was around, right? Wasn't she near yeah, Ro- she's in Rochester? In, yeah, she's also in Rochester. But it's like, what about her? Like, he seemed to have forgotten her pretty quickly, and he's still in the same city. Yeah, that's true. Like, I definitely think he has a little bit of. I mean, I think he partially does it because he wants to get out of cities. I think being in the same physical location for too long starts to drive him crazy. Yeah. Like, he need he needs to go and he can't because he doesn't have a place and he's mooching off people it's not like he goes on vacations he has right, to like right right mooch true. and do something like and so a lot of people feel like that but most people who feel like that you know either get a job where they have to travel all the time yeah <laughs> or they have enough money where they can just be like you know ted cruising it down to cancun oh gosh <laughs> yeah well crazy yeah, I'm, like, confused where he gets any of his money from. Like, does Sarah just give him the spending gas money? money to yeah, go exactly. to drive to Flint. Like, where is that money coming from? Because that is not cheap. Yeah. Because he does not have a small car either. Right. I- I'm confused by his financial situation. Yeah. I very much, too. Like, how does he have any money to do anything? Right. Maybe it's from the show, which then, again, right. maybe we right. should petition for him to get kicked off. Maybe he'll get maybe, his shit together. Maybe. Especially because this new girl, she doesn't know about the devil dick. So, I mean. Oh, that is so disgusting. Weren't we talking about this before? You had said something. It was like an exorcist. Yes. Yeah. So, it's a question of amount. I, I, I buy both definitions of like, are we saying this is some sort of supernatural demon that can possess people? Oh, like, that's God. what you're saying by that? Or are you just saying like. It's something that women want so much that they'll do bad things to get it. Yeah, like, like making ma- a deal with the devil. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like, like you'll 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 it'll it, you'll do the devil's work because this it's it, you just need to have it so bad. Either way, it's pretty ridiculous that he talks about himself that way. Yes, right. <laughs> that is definitely something that anytime anybody brags about themselves, you're like, I don't believe you. Like, I need to hear this. I, if you, it, you know, it's the, protesting too much. It's like certain things you're not supposed to say you're good at, no matter how good you are at it. Right. I feel like this is one. Like, you're supposed to be like, other people can tell you I'm good at it. That's great. Go ahead. But like, you shouldn't, to, especially to someone who's already had sex with you. That yeah. seems really weird. Yeah, I kind of think it's also one of those things where, so Sarah defends it, right? She's like, oh, yeah, he's really good. Right. But I kind of wonder a little bit if it's almost like you have to say that so that way right. it doesn't make you look like an idiot for continuously right. going back. Fair. And it's also, especially this time, especially now, she's just like, listen, we're not in a relationship. It's just, we're just about both the single. Sex. It's just about the sex. Then then you can't also then, well, how is the sex? Yeah, not that uh, great. Yeah, it's just, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Because it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Colt and Larissa, right? Mm-hmm. Before Colt's dick pics actually came out. And, you know, people would ask Larissa about it. And she came out like, oh, Colt, he's so good at sex and stuff like that. And then you 
you know, and asked. I think she had even on record said something about the size of his penis, like being oh, like, like it, good it's fine. or something. It's, it's good. Yeah, yeah it's like, I don't know what exactly she said. And then it comes out that Colt has like a micro peen, right? <laughs> and it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, okay, so you lied about that. Why would you lie about that? Like, even though you're not together anymore, yeah. but it's almost like you have to justify. Well, you have to justify yeah, it. Like, why? I'm, like, especially yeah, when you I look at it. I kind of married that, so. Yeah, yeah, there there had to be something. Everything we've seen publicly has been bad. So yeah. at least the private stuff had to be good, right? Right. Like, yes, it was. I am justified because of the private stuff. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Was, that made but up for it. I don't think it was. Yeah. It didn't look like it did, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that about covers who we have this week. Uh, who is your student of the week? I went with Lloyd. I did John, too. I, he just a good, solid guy doing yes. what doing doing what John needed. Not necessarily what John wanted, but what John right. needed. And right. And you know, talked him back from the edge. Just a good dude. Yeah, and I think just even beyond this episode, really trying to keep John on the straight and narrow, like really trying to protect him, mm-hmm. like in. Uh, an honest way yes yes not he's not he's certainly not lying to him right we see people try to protect by like well actually you're totally in the right and it's like yeah you should go get your girl yeah exactly exactly (laughs) she's so in love with you (laughs) yeah okay what about your dunce Ah, Chevelle. Oh my gosh, we were on the same page this week. Uh, yeah, yes, just, Chevelle annoyed me so, just so much. The snotty, bratty teenager yep. is bad when it's a snotty, bratty teenager. It's even worse when you're in your 30s. Yeah. Like, it's and not a like good trying one. to do something ridiculous. Like, I thought actually was funny. I didn't even, like, the title of this show was 30 Day Fiance. And right. I, when I first looked at it, I was getting like my, you know, worlds were colliding. And I was like, 90 Day Fiance, why this is this is on here? Right you know, show. and yeah. then like 30 Day Fiance, what is this? That is a short amount of time. Like, what are you doing? I mean, that's, you didn't work on shit in Branson. How you didn't work do you really shit. think and things like, are yeah. going to be so different? Right. Because that's always our beef with 90 Day Fiance is like they're instead of spending the time planning the wedding, especially this season. Oh, God. They, instead of spending the time planning the wedding, they spend the time deciding whether they should get married. And like yeah. you do the same thing, like 30 days. we got 30 days to figure it out. And it's like you actually and this is a self-imposed like. Yeah. Like 30 days. And I don't know, because especially because she seems like she's still going to try to plan some kind of wedding instead of just being like, yeah, courthouse is open. Let's well, go. it was funny because Quaylen even said, like, if she, she could get it done in 28 days. She probably already got it, like, halfway planned out, like, in her head. Yeah, she just needs my signature in two weeks of a waiting period, and we're oh good to go. Gosh, I know. I honestly, what is the big rush to get married in the first place? I don't know. I can't, that I can't figure out. I, I feel like. I think she's I, afraid he's going to run away. Yeah, absolutely. Or that she's he'll change his mind. It, he's going to change his mind. And I think it's also a test to be like, because I could totally see her thinking that he just did this. Well, given her the yeah. ring, that shut her up for a while. Yep. Dust my hands off. Now we can kick our feet up and relax. And she's like, oh no, we're gosh. doing it. We're doing this. Yeah. So that actually brings me to my life lesson for this week. It applies to Chevelle and Quaylin and also Puppy and Amber. So marriage doesn't actually fix what's wrong in a relationship. People tend to think it does because they feel like they're getting a commitment from their partner. But if you feel like you're going to lose your partner, there's something wrong that marriage isn't going to fix. And it's going to make you uh, it's not going to make you feel any more secure in the long run. Yeah, that's true. It's it. it, it yeah. 
Because I feel like Chevelle and Puppy both think, okay, I'm going to get married to my partner because that will show that they are committed to this. Right. And it also this idea of it like once I have it locked down, mm-hmm. the underlying issues like go away because it's locked down mm-hmm. almost. And it's like that – I feel, definitely feel that especially for Chevelle. Like she's like, well, he gets impatient. He might want to run off and he might not want to stay around. So if okay, we're married priming, though, yeah. like it's still not going to change those feelings in him. It just makes it so he legally has more trouble doing so. So prime example of this life lesson in works is look at Michael and Sarah. They got married. It doesn't mean anything to him. No, it doesn't, except he gives her a place to stay. She gives him a place to stay. I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty much. Right? All right. So my life lesson was to John, um, Christiana and John, John, because the kid thing really bothered me Mm. uh, is that you have, oh my God, you have to put as a dad you're supposed to put your kids first and like bringing all these strangers in to live in their house that was already overcrowded at the beginning it's 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 not putting them first and you, you gotta yeah. you gotta consider what it is you're putting your kids through before you bring people in the lives of the home i mean you, you have the kids you're taking care of the kids that's like a bigger commitment than your than your wife that you don't have yet like that's just the way i feel about it you, that yeah. that's where it is so you gotta you gotta put your kids first yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness, this group. And this they group. continue on next week. That's right. Well, it says it's two more episodes. Two more episodes. Okay. Two I more episodes. That. Yeah. They said next week is the the last episode before the season finale. Okay. Okay. So we'll see what we'll see. I don't know when they have another season coming up the pike or whatever, but they definitely said two more episodes of this group. Oh, I wonder if that means we get a new group. That'll I be kind do, of exciting. I, I feel could like. use a new group. Yeah, I could use a new yeah. group. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these, oh, like Michael and Sarah, have been like. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, but then we, oh, we, and we, we, especially because we didn't get the ones that make us roll our eyes the most, like Andrea and Lamar. Yeah. Like I mean, given that there's two episodes left, I think we're, I think we're done with Sean and Destiny. We might get like one like scene of each of them like independently. Like, right. What are you right. doing now? Yeah. And then like, and then we'll, I guess we'll see, you know, finish up Brittany's mom's rehabilitation tour or whatever yeah. we're doing in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't need any Andre Lamar. I don't really need any more Sarah Michael. We're pretty good. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we will see you all again next week then. That's right. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Good.